Thank you, worship team. And uh, so grateful that God never changes. Amen? Amen. Uh, I'm honored to be in front of you again. Um, but I know we have exciting news within our church. Um, we're adding prominent members to our family, aren't we? Um, and praise God for, uh, for that. Um, and so excited for Pastor Chuck and Barbie and their family to, to be joining us and grateful for them that God brought, brought them here. Um, but if you saw the announcement that we had a new pastor and you came today to listen to the new pastor, well, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> come back next week. <sighs> I promise Pastor Chuck's better than I am, so come back next week. Um, and uh, also want to thank Scott and the Stedmans last night. We had our young adult gathering at, at his house, um, and just a great time. I know Sean already alluded to it, but just an awesome time in the Lord and just having fun. And, um, you know, I miss being outdoors like that and just listening to water and trees. And actually, we grew up, Chrissy and I grew up like five minutes from there, so it's kind of our, our wheelhouse, our area, and just, just a great time. But it opened up your house and all the work you did, the fireworks show for the kids and for the adults. Um, uh, was it was a great time. So thank you so very much. Uh, when Pastor Doug asked me to preach today, he asked me a few months ago, you know, I'm always honored and humbled to do so. So of course I said yes. Um, but what I didn't know was that it was about a week ago we just moved. Um, and if any of you have moved before, you know that's a daunting task in itself. Um, tireless work. And if you're like Christina and I, we just can't, we just got to get it done. Like, we just got to get out of boxes, and we just got to get it done. And, uh, and with football season just right around the corner, we, we want to make it feel home uh, before we get extremely busy. Um, and, and let me take a second, though, that we all know this, but we have an awesome church here, and we have an awesome church family. And um, just thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, all the people, and I'm not going to mention the many, many names, but thank you for your help. Just awesome. I mean, we have so many people just helped us move in and, and do a lot of things. So again, grateful, bottom of our hearts, grateful for all of you. Um, but needless to say, I feel like I've bit off more than I can chew, I guess. Um, and because preaching um, isn't something I'm trained to do, didn't go to school for it. Uh, so it probably takes me a little bit longer to to develop a sermon and do it, uh, like, more than normal, I guess, than Pastor Chuck and people that do it often. Um, so I usually take more time to prepare. I just haven't had the time to prepare. Um, and I was telling Linda this morning, she just came up and prayed with me. I said, you know, the Word of God says this, God will give you the words to say. And I, I truly believe it's, I guess, it's better that it's not more of my preparation, but, but his. Um, uh, I know also this, I know the last couple sermons that we've had, and this is not a knock on anybody, but it's been longer. I, the reason I know that is I'm back with the kids, and when, when, the, when, the, when the teacher, the kid, you know, the kids' teachers pop their head out and go, how much longer? I don't know. Uh, why don't you ask him? Um, so I know they've been a little bit longer, and I know gathering grounds was closed this morning, so some of you have not gotten your caffeine fix that you normally get, so let me make you a deal. It'll probably go a little shorter to make up for the longer sermons and so you can get your caffeine in you. So I'm gonna give you some groundbreaking, earth-shattering news this morning. It's important to read your Bibles. Uh, 
and, and Linda already said it, but it is, it is the, if not one of, or the most important spiritual discipline as believers that we can do. Um, and it's called a discipline for a reason. So you get up, we all get up in the morning, we have a routine. We do something routinely, we have a discipline, whether it's getting up and have our coffee, get up and have our workout, get up and look at our phones, whatever it is, we have it. And it does take training, it does take decision making. So having it at the very forefront of your, of your mind is so vitally important. And as Linda said in her prayer, we hear from God. Um, he reveals himself to us. Um, so that's one of the reasons it's important to read your Bible. But number two, and what happened to me, on May 9th, I was reading a very uh, popular book in the Bible, the book of Matthew, and I've probably read it a dozen times, at least. And, and, and this has probably happened to those of you that do read your Bible consistently, have been reading it for years. You've probably read something a dozen times, and it's never hit you like it just did. Has that happened to you? That happened to me on May 9th. So God had, on May 9th, he already knew what I was going to tell you, what I was going to preach to you on May 9th. That's what God does. Um, and here's what God told me to preach to you. Uh, Matthew chapter 26 is a, is a chapter talking about the plot against Jesus. And in the chapter, and it's fairly long, it's 75 total verses, it talks through the Last Supper, Jesus predicting Peter's denials, uh, Jesus before the Sanhedrin, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, etc. And where I want to take you this morning is starting in verse 47. I know we'll have it on the screen, the NIV version, if you want to open up your Bibles, Matthew chapter 26, verses 47 through 50. The Word of God says this in 47, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The man I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. The thing that stopped me dead in my tracks... And again, I've read that probably a dozen times. Jesus calling Judas friend. It just, it just humbled me at my core. Like Jesus just called Judas, who was handing him over to be beaten, flogged, and ultimately murdered, friend. Like I had to pause and stop and think about that. But then I thought even more, like, Jesus knew, even before that, that Judas was going to betray him. And I'm not a Bible scholar, but I don't see it anywhere that he kind of elbows Peter and goes, like, he's the one. Like, he's going to do this to me. But he, he's Jesus. He knew. And yet he still had a close relationship with Judas. And it's like... I. I know we aren't Jesus, but it, there's probably no way that I could do that. Knowing what I, Jesus knew about G, uh, Judas, there's just no way I can call him friend. So that's what the Word of God does. It makes you reflect. 
Because again, if Jesus can call Judas friend, and no one has ever come close to doing to me what Judas allowed them to do to him, then why can't I treat everybody and handle every situation the way Jesus did? So I knew I was going to preach on this then. And I was excited about it, like, hey, sounds good. Then something troubling started in my spirit. Like, I'm going to get up in front of you and urge and preach about how we should handle situations well. We should treat people in a Christ-like manner. And I haven't done that myself. And I know the person at the pulpit generally is not supposed to tell on himself, and I'm not your pastor, so I feel comfortable doing so. Like I said, it, I didn't want to be a mega hypocrite, and it just humbled me completely. As most of you know, I, I'm a head football coach, and what comes with that is responsibility and a lot of things I'm in charge of, but one of the things I'm in charge of is 12 assistant coaches, um, and I thoroughly enjoy the interview hiring process. I do. I like getting to know people. I like getting to ask them questions. I like to get into what makes them tick. And honestly, I might not hire someone right away, but I may go, I like that person. And if I have openings, I refer back to that person. Um, so I enjoy that interaction. Um, I really do. What I don't enjoy is having to let people go. And unfortunately, I've had to do that a few times in my position. And I, I don't like doing it because I care about people and I respect people. But um, I've had to do it. And... For the most part, every one of those decisions went over as smoothly as they can when you're letting someone go, except one. So about a year and a half ago, um, I let a, a coach go. And this guy, great person, uh, great for kids, um, teaches next to me at the school. So, um, and his role was a very prominent role on my staff. So what his role was, the defensive coordinator, basically his job was to help the kids prepare to stop the other team's offense. So it's a, it's a big role in, in, in a football game. And I just felt through evaluations and through different things that it was time to make a change. Um, my delivery was not that of grace or gratitude. It was more of like annoyance, anger, angst with him. So as you can imagine, his response wasn't of grace or gratitude. It was unpleasant. It was personal. It was loud. And I pushed back. And it got to the point where I felt like the conversation needed to end. And so the conversation ended. But as, and so did the relationship. So for about a year and a half, there's no conversation. There's no hellos. There's nothing. So for the longest time, I always felt like I did the right thing. But Matthew Chapter 26, verse 50, told me otherwise. Jesus called Judas friend. And I think I handled that situation well. Number one, as a Christian, and number two, as a leader, 
I dropped the ball. So in order to come in front of you this morning, I had, I had to have a clear conscience. So I had to go to him and apologize. So I walked. Now I'm not, no longer next to his room, but I walked down the stairs and went into his room. And I apologized. And I, did, I apologized not for my decision, because I made the right decision, but my delivery in the spirit in which I made the decision and I delivered to him was wrong. And so I apologized. And it was freeing, not just for me, for him. Weight lifted off shoulders and a friendship that was mended but didn't have to go there. So I urge you to think about a situation or a person, church, that maybe you need to fix or reconcile with. I know we think everyone's always out to get us or everybody's intentions are bad or we can't trust someone. But think about when Judas betrayed Jesus. He didn't call him a traitor. He didn't call him a backstabber. Called him a friend. And I don't think, I don't think Jesus was just trying to be nice. Because if you know anything about him, he says it how it is. Pretty straightforward. I believe he called him friend because he believed he was, and he wasn't gonna he looked past what Satan was doing inside of Judas. And he saw a friend. We all can should be better of how we feel, think, act towards people. And if you let that passage humble you like it humbled me, seeking forgiveness and reconciliation, number one, is biblical. We're supposed to be peacemakers. But number two, as I mentioned it did to me, it'll free you. And it'll grow you like it grew me more than some circumstances in your life that cannot. So promise me this. You won't leave today sitting there or online, sitting there going, you know what? He's right. I, I, now that I think about it, I didn't, I didn't treat that person right or I didn't handle that situation the right way. You're going to sit there and you're going to recall that situation again and again. Don't be like me and let your pride, your ego, and your stubbornness get in the way of, of going to that person and, and making it right. I don't care how long ago it was. It's not about who's right. It's about letting God shine. And letting, showing the Judases in our life, the Jesus in our life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. 
our thankfulness this morning is that you call us friend. Thank you for enduring the cross on our behalf. Father, we pray that the desire in us is to know you and your word in a real way. Give us the drive to have the spiritual discipline to dig into your word consistently so we can be in constant communion with you and your word that will ultimately make us more like you and less like ourselves. Help us to allow your word to change the way we think and act towards people. Empower us to love others the way you have loved others. No matter what. Father, if you know, if we know in our hearts that we have wronged someone or may not have handled a situation in a Christ-like manner, we first apologize to you but direct us to seek forgiveness and reconciliation because we are to be peacemakers. We can be peacemakers because you're the ultimate peacemaker. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace that we don't deserve. Help us to listen to that calling to go, seek, love, to let our pride or ego or stubbornness get in the way, because it isn't about who's right. It's about showing the people in this short stay that we have here, you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.